Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we are going to discuss PMPA's last tour on our mastery program. Welcome, Carly. Well, thank you. And it, it isn't even our last tour. We have one more tour, but it's the last one we've been on. So, and the Detroit, Toledo area, and we just got back. What an adventure. I, mind blown. Mind blown at every turn. Just absolutely incredible. The chatter in the bus, the excitement. We're still getting emails of people saying that it was priceless and that they it was eye-opening. The eye cues were important to me too as as feedback i saw the people coming out of some of the uh, coming out of animatic coming out of hercules coming out of chase and their face just says oh my <laughs> oh my i need i need time to process really truly really overwhelming context that was provided for for our attendees. To say that it was an experience doesn't do it justice. Well, that's... It was, it was great. So let's walk, let's walk through it so our listeners know what we're talking about here. All right. So we started in Detroit, and our first stop was Hercules Drawn Steel. Now, they... It, it, we started off with a bang with Hercules Drawn Steel. Well, absolutely. So cold, cold drawn uh, steel is the feedstock that... Our industry produces the lion's share of, of its products from, and uh, Hercules is the supplier to Eaton, who is our next stop, mm-hmm. and that our customers actually deal with. But at Hercules, they got to see coil-to-bar drawing. They got to see steel coming in looking like slinkies and going out looking like, you know, Jewelry <laughs> in bundles, straight, true, um, good finish, nice ends. And they really got to understand there's more to horsepower than RPM and, and inch per rev feed when they saw the stuff being drawn at 500 to 800 feet per minute. I loved that we could see the starting product walk through it and see the end product it was it it really makes you appreciate what goes into getting that straight bar absolutely does and i know uh, from the conversations i had there were a lot of people that now have a far better appreciation for the material that that they get and a little more respect for how perishable some of those real fine qualities are that's true. That's a great way to put it. And then we went to Eaton, where they showed us our, their quench and temper and walked us through their lab. Right. And, um, you know, it's not every day you get to see, well, virtually see atoms under a scanning electron microscope. And, uh, of course, they had mechanical testing, their metallographic uh microscopes and examination but to me and and I know to some of the people to be able to see an electron microscope and then see them get in at very high magnification 
and then determine the chemical breakdown of whatever that thing is that isn't supposed to be there? It, I felt like I was in a CSI lab. I felt like I was in one of those TV shows where they, they take the tiniest little like fiber from a carpet and figure out everything that went wrong. I think the magnification went up to like 100,000. Yes. I might be remembering yes. that wrong, but oh my gosh. Yeah, so I was looking. They had There was some kind of non-metallic inclusion entrapped in this thing, and I'm looking. I said, that looks like, and then they pull up the chemistry, and there's calcium and there's silicon. I said, yep, that's, that's refractory. <laughs> and then he says, well, we figured out this is refractory. And I said, yay for the home team. But it was interesting. It's an accredited lab. It's an independent lab, even though it's owned by that company. It has to maintain its independence. So the results you get are going to be the results of the facts determined by their testing, their chemistry, mechanical, metallographic, and microscopic analysis. It's, it's, there's, there's no spin. It's, it's an independent lab. Yeah. So you're going to get real answers. So, so you know, mm-hmm. I think that was reassuring to our people that it's not just the sales guy comes back with a report, but that there is a real depth of process and procedure to get the answers. When we have things that show up in our process that are real mysteries, and we seem to have a lot of those these days. <laughs> so from there, we went to stainless and aluminum. And actually, it was their their distribution center. Right. Uh, what did you say to me? You, we were looking at all the racks, and you're saying, how much money is just sitting yeah, in these I racks? Mean, yeah, I mean, so like every foot is a pound, and every pound is, I don't know, $5, $7, $10. I mean. And, and they were saying that, you know, if we don't have it, we will try to find it. So... They, that's a, a bold statement in today's world. It is, and, and the thing that I found exciting uh, about it, the discovery for me was it wasn't merely stainless and aluminum. They had cold drawn. They had some extrusions. They had different, different formats of material, not just stainless and aluminum. So, that, you know, if you're looking for weird, strange, and unusual, you might want to give them a call. Because if they don't have it, maybe they can help you find it. It's kind of great, too, to go from seeing the bar being made to the distribution of it. it you looked at it, and you're like, hey, I know where that came from. So th- that was really one of the important things that I hoped our attendees got, is that this packaging this packaging and identity, it's important. And it's a chain of custody from the hot milk coil, which had a tag, to the in-process tags in the in the production at the mill, and then the finished product tags, and then guess what? They show up at the service center that's got tags, maintaining that heat identity. I mean, maintain the heat identity, we can go all the way back to the original mill. It's, it's important. People got to see that on this trip. That's a great point. Yes, they did. Then we went to Echo Clean, and wow. Well, machines they had in there. Well, wow is wow is just the beginning. Yeah. So I, I had an idea what I wanted people to see on this tour, but I really didn't expect to get my mind blown. <laughs> and they had a machine that actually uses a water jet to do deburring as part of their cleaning process. That was so cool. That was like 
didn't expect to see that, Mr. Free. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's great to see high technology, great to see people in our, you know, in, in our area that actually have this technology, are knowledgeable about the technology, and can give you options. It's not just using, you know, dangerous cleaning fluids. They can use solvent, they can use hydrocarbon, they can use water, they can use aqueous. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was nice to poke me a little bit with, <laughs> with what I saw there. When the teacher is learning. Yeah, when the teacher is learning, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a worthwhile day. And then we went to the Ford Rouge factory where they build, they assemble the F-150. Ford F-150, most popular vehicle in America. Maybe the most popular manufactured good in America. It could I don't be. Know. <laughs> it could, it be. could be. I don't think Ford makes cars anymore, but by golly, they make trucks. Yeah. And not only was it informational, but when we could walk around and watch that assembly line at our own pace, and I could hear our, our attendees coming up with ideas and seeing things that were being done and how it could be implemented in the shop. And I think everybody's jaw had little scrapes on it from <laughs> being dropped throughout the whole thing. It was quite the experience. It, it really was. The idea that, too, that there was just an incredibly diverse cross-section of people assembling those vehicles. There were, I mean, it wasn't just guys in shirts with their name on it doing it. I mean, there were gals that were installing windshields and snaking those wire controls in through the uh, tailgate, those cavities, apply, straightening doors. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was. We could probably talk all day on that one, too. Yeah. But, yeah, if listeners, if you're ever in the Detroit area, it's worth your time to go see that tour. And then, let's see, the next day, well, you know what, I want to put, I want to mention the great conversations that were happening on the bus. So we're traveling, we're going from place to place, you're sitting next to somebody you know, you may not know, and the questions that were being asked, and the answers that were being given, and the networking that was happening, that was just as powerful as any of our tours. I absolutely. I saw carts being exchanged and swapped and oh, you know that and I know someone who and you know, there was a lot of really really good um, sharing of tech knowledge. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not just technology, but tech knowledge between uh, the attendees. It was and the the questions were great too. They were great. They were great. Actually, while we're talking about attendees, I'm going to give a shout-out to Travis Donaldson of Don Mac. Travis, if you're out there mowing your lawn, he listens to all our podcasts while you're mowing the lawn. We're giving you a shout-out. Keep listening. Now I'll move on to our next day. So that was only one day. What we've talked about to this point is only one day. Right. <laughs> then we had the second day, which had a little more travel. Yes. But was totally worth it. Right, but you know, before you get on that next day, let's <laughs> talk about the debrief, the debrief oh, in the lobby. You're that, right. That you're night. right. And everybody wanted to compare notes on, did I really see that? Was that really what I saw? I mean, it was really, it was really heartwarming for me to see people t coming together to make sense of what they'd experienced on that trip. Yeah, it was kind of like that. The 
parking lot meeting after a meeting where you the real discussion happens and and the real information is extracted and yeah, fortunately was, there was a nice place for us to all have an adult beverage and sit around and talk but those that went late into the night i mean we had a long day and those discussions happened late into the night there was a lot and they were substantive it wasn't no. about the ncaa bracket no no <laughs> it was about what they saw and could or couldn't believe. That's right. And what I even heard of a few things, they the changes that they could make in their shop, just from what they saw today, it was it was inspiring ideas, which is another exactly purpose right. of this program. Exactly right. So Thursday, Vanomatic. I mean, wow. They number one had us grouped and saw different sections of of different aspects of their business. So we, we saw the, the business side, we saw the HR side, we, we walked the floor, we saw the system side. And uh, help me, Miles, <laughs> it was so much. I, I wish I could, there's, there's no, um, you know, it's no surprise that our interview of Scott Wiltsey is one of our top downloaded podcasts. And Scott and his team they really delivered on this tour and, and shared details, details um, that, <laughs> I mean, we measure absenteeism in days. The rest of the industry measures absenteeism in days. <laughs> They're measuring it in hours. And the number is low. It's, it's, it's low. Like, it's <laughs> typical absenteeism. <laughs> Four or five hours a year. Yeah, it was like five hours a year. A year. A year. <laughs> a year. And, and the incentives they have set up and people helping people so that everybody can meet the incentives and, and the workday schedule, if you can call it a schedule. It's, it's I, you got to listen to the other podcast. Go on to pmpa.org and Google Scott Wilson. You do, it's, but it's I, have the to, time. I, I have to say that the people who got to see it, it's not like, well, okay, well, we just heard this on the radio. Yeah, uh-huh. They got to see it. They got to see the records. They got to see the screens. They got to see how things were operating and laid out in the shop. And <laughs> there were a lot of convinced and, dare I say, post-self-realization depression victims <laughs> after <laughs> walking in and seeing this best-in-class yeah, it was. Shop. I mean, it just, you know. It's a gold standard. It, it, it certainly is the gold standard. Yeah, and they did a great job in presenting it as well. They did, and um, I, in fact, I'm, I'm, they've actually created, I, I don't want to say a job description, but work instructions for mentoring. Yes. <laughs> for the senior most people to help get the tribal knowledge <laughs> through the tribe, not just in their head. And I, I'm going to take that back. That's, that's one of my takeaways is, uh, you know, need a process to download what we know. Which is something you've talked about extensively. I, I know my biggest takeaway was the, well, there were a ton, but the one that really sticks out in my mind was the, the scheduling that they had of, of so many hours they have to work during the week 
but they could pick the hours so that they could go to the soccer games and the PTA right. meetings and, and the work-life balance is real there and their turnover is low and that has a lot to do with it. Right. I mean, they've literally become the, the prestige employer in their, in their zip code. Everybody wants to work there. And the thing that I got, I mean, as a manager, if you're a manager, if you're a, if you're a shop owner, if you're a, in, in charge of management and operations, this actually <laughs> caused me to think. So I've always known Vanomatic as the champions of lean setups. These are the people that can fully, fully turn around an automatic bar machine, multi-spindle, in less than an hour change collets, feet, fingers, tubes, the whole deal. These people are the world standard. They could turn over a screw machine faster than their customers can program and set up a CNC. That's what they were known for. By but their own admission, they worked on that. Th that was their thing. Mm -hmm. And they've actually turned their back on that. They said, that's not really the best focus for us. And I'm like, you're best world best and now you're you're saying okay but we can do better and it doesn't involve this area and they're growing a new competency yeah no it's there's it's a impressive. management lesson there it's it's don't be satisfied and i don't think they ever are it's just no. constant continuous improvement no. and they just keep building and building and they know it's not going to happen overnight which is what a lot of what deters a lot of people. You don't get those instant results, but if you trust the process, you can build it. Yeah, I'm truly grateful that our attendees got to see Phantomatic because the the bar of aspiration has been raised a whole new level. Yeah, listeners, his hand is over his head. If you want to know where his bar was. Okay, and then our last stop was Veland Chase. So that with the brass. And they walked us through in small groups. They did a great job giving us an introduction to who they were and such, but walking through and what really blew me away about walking through that enormous plant was how few people were in there, how few workers so much was automated well it was automated yeah and you know the interesting thing is that a lot of that material is it's it's recycled so segregation identification of your your swarf your chips in your operation is important if you're going to get the high quality you expect and the machine ability and the performance you expect in the next product because you may only keep 30% of what you bought to make the part. Right. And that other 60% goes back to the mill. And it's going to turn up in your next bar. And it's going to be in the next one. So, mm -hmm. so I, to me, I was, I, I probably missed the manpower aspect. I was focused on the process. And again, that, that maintaining product identity and, and quality assurance. But the scale of operations, I mean... You can unload a dump truck under a roof. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's that's something. And then again, copper's not you know sawdust, right? It's no rather expensive. And again, we're seeing logs that are well. <laughs> <laughs> 
hard to describe on yeah. a podcast. Yeah, but, uh, you know, a 30-year-old maple tree got nothing on their initial <laughs> casting. So uh, it's just amazing to me to see the, uh, the care that every stop had on their process to maintain quality, identification, and uh, assure that the product we get is, in fact, capable of higher and better use in life-saving applications, like, you know, breaks the work. Oh, those little things. Yeah, yeah. those little things. Yeah, those little things. We just take for granted. <laughs> we but, do take that for granted. But at somebody's job every day, somebody at Chase is grabbing a sample to make sure there's no, no phosphorus or silicon in the stuff it's supposed to have lead. Yeah, they had an impressive quality lab. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it was... I, you were talking about you didn't see the workforce. I was, well, you know me in workforce anyway, but it's a huge operation, and there was one guy standing there at the controls making sure everything went the way it was supposed to. Right. And it was smooth. I mean, they took us from the beginning to the end. Just I, and, and they're building on. They're, like, investing another $14 million. Yep. Another production another line. Another production line. Another production line. So copper is important in our economy. In economics, we actually have a nickname for copper. We call copper Dr. Copper because when the copper prices go down, so does the economy. Mm. Uh, I mean, think of anything in our economy. If it uses electricity, it needs copper, you know? Right. Brass is important in in. In mechanical applications, it's important in refrigeration. It's important in water applications. Yeah. So, so it's a part of our economy. We're the part that converts that brass into useful functionality that somebody else, like Ford, assembles into, you know, the product the consumer wants. So it was really great to get that busload of really interested engineers and operators and managers to understand not only where the stuff comes from and not only where it goes, but better understand their, their role in that whole flow and what they can do better, learning from the best of their suppliers and their customers to actually improve their own pro- processes. So I, to me, it was, it was heartwarming. Heartwarming. Heartwarming, it heartwarming. really was. And, and, An engineer saying heartwarming. <laughs> I think you could see it when we, we took a group picture after Veal and Chase, our last stop. Everybody's tired, but the joy and excitement you can still see in faces because there, there was just so much. We got to see so much. We got to experience so much. And, and those are not conversations that ended with that tour. Those conversations are still happening and will probably still happen for years to come. Seeing a, seeing a couple on the list serve already, so... <laughs> You're right about that. So this was, as you said, not our last tour. So want to give them just a quick, what are we going to see the next Next trip? tour, which is not far away because it's right after our tech conference, which is in Milwaukee, and we'll be starting there on May 3rd. We'll stop at Newcore Cold Finish. We're going to stop at Precision Plus. We're going to TriStar Metals, Corey Steel and Camcraft. Two days, again, of powerful 
tours that I think are going to provide incredible experiences. Best practices at every one of those. Yeah. They could just name the best practice or more. Or more. For, for each. Looking forward to seeing everybody on the bus in Milwaukee. Definitely. That wraps up today's podcast on our latest mastery tour. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You don't want to miss one. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org, where you can also search for articles, webinars, more podcasts, and other resources. And if you aren't already taking advantage of a PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see the myriad of other benefits. And why is a PMPA membership so important, Miles? Because we are better together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.